0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What's going on, everybody? This is Rob from the Striking Gold Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle. It's a brand new program where you can host your own podcast here at the Blue Wire Network. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast, you can just know where to start. Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top producers, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get... Your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher and other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get on on all of this for $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an addition an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited. So get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join.
0: Blue Iron. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo,
2: quick pass, caught by Kittle, he dives,
1: and he's in! Touchdown, 49ers! Kittle is gonna go! Touchdown! And welcome back. You already heard it. You're on the Striking Gold podcast, your 49ers pod on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by Indeed and Bet Online. My name is Rob Louder. I cover the 49ers for the Blue Wire Network, and joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back Eric Crocker. What's up, bro?
2: What's up, man? It's the it's the last last week of leading up to a 49ers game this this year.
1: Yeah, this is our, our our last regular season slate of podcasts. Our last regular season mailbag podcast too. Kind of a kind of a trip,
2: right? Well, I'm pretty sure there'll be a maybe. You know, I'm pretty sure we'll do some type of mailbag season. You know, heading into the off season, and a lot of people, right? Like, yeah, it won't. Ask it won't we'll be our
1: last thing. mailbag ever, but this right. is our last regular season mailbag podcast. I, it's just like, dude, it was like. When we first start we started talking about doing like the three or four episodes a week, you know, it was like, it was like, dang, this is going to be crazy. And f- for some reason, it doesn't feel like it's been that crazy. And it kind of is like, it is what it is. You know, it's well, like.
2: What, yeah. What gave me hope was Brian Peacock. I mean, he does Locked On 49ers every single day. <laughs> so right, like, right. If he can Shut up, to Brian. Five, man. If he can record five days a week, not just the Locked On 49ers, he has like Locked On NFL uh, podcast as well. So, I mean, he does two podcasts he does daily so i'm like you know what if peacock can do that i think we can do three or four episodes a week
1: (laughs) yeah i I agree man like i said shout out to shout out to brian at the uh, locked on 49ers podcast he's a he's a really really good dude and he knows his stuff so if you don't listen to brian peacock at locked on 49ers and i think he does the locked on nfl podcast too like you said so um, if you don't listen to him check him out he's on itunes and spotify and all that stuff so Um, But he's a good dude, and Crocker and I have both been a guest on Brian's podcast plenty of times. So check it out. Check it out. It's well worth your time, I promise. Um, Before we get into this, and not that we have a a lot of time, because Crocker here decided to book another podcast during when we would normally record. So um, if this mailbag episode feels rushed at all or in any way hurried then you feel free to hit him up on twitter and and let him know how you feel about that because it right now for us is 402 p.m pacific time for me and he has another podcast at five so um, if any of this comes off as rushed then that's his fault all right that's his fault right now he's muted so i don't know what they i mean they
2: can they can blame me they can he's
1: he's he's just he muted himself in shame is what he did (laughs) 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 yeah Hey, but before we get into this, and and what led me to say that is, I know we don't have a a whole lot of extra time, but um, I I spent a good chunk of of yesterday evening watching your first little uh, Crocker Report podcast live episode, Delio. I know you saw my comment in the chat, too, because I saw your face, like, where you're trying not to laugh. Yeah, Um,
2: I smiled instantly, (laughs)
1: um what how did it go and and well first tell everybody about everybody about it if they don't know and 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 how did it go
2: yeah so um you know obviously i have my own website dot and i have you know several guys that are involved you know writers that do a tremendous job uh, and, and other just you know football talking heads that have a passion about uh you know breaking down you know athletes uh, specifically sharp, hey, I, w- I will
1: say i want to interrupt you to say this: some sharp dudes yeah like they know their shit
2: yeah So it it, was was really cool. So, you know, we wanted to, um, you know, they were like, hey, man, we need to get a podcast going. I'm like, I know. Like, so um, I was like, you know, let's figure out a way, you know, where we can go live and try to record the streaming as well. So um, we will eventually be uh, forming, formatting that into an actual podcast. Um, Obviously, yesterday it was just a live video. Um, And you can go to the at Crocker Report on Twitter. And you'll see the kind of the link to be able to view it. And there's been like thousands of views. I don't want to say thousands like that, but at least a few thousand views, which is really cool. Um, But yeah, man, um, it's the first one. So, you know, anytime it's the first one of anything, it's a little tense, a little tight, trying to figure out how to play off of each other and everything like that. But uh, we will be on there a ton uh, throughout draft season leading up to the draft. And I'm pretty sure immediately after the draft. Uh, so we'll, we'll get a chance to loosen up, uh, you know, get used to talking with each other and vibing with each other and everything like that. But for our first run, man, it was, it was pretty cool, man. It was pretty cool.
1: No. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was really well done and you guys just seemed pretty natural, you know, the way you guys were talking to each other and stuff. And obviously it's always going to be hard when you have like five people on, you know, on a show for everybody to kind of get their, their moment. But, um, I mean, like, I we, I mentioned to you not that long ago about what it would sound like if you and I went back and listened to the very first podcast we did <laughs> together. It's probably, yeah. It'd probably be so embarrassing, bro. But uh, we I, I haven't done it. I, I think I started to click play and I was like, no, nah, man, I'm not going to do this. I'm
2: right. You, yeah. I don't to <laughs> go back either. I, I, I've <laughs> said that I will. And maybe one day I, I, I'll go back. But uh, yeah, I like where we're at right now. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, man. I was like, no, I don't want to listen to shit. I don't like listening to my own voice anyways, but let alone when I didn't even know what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, but I think I pull it off a little bit more nowadays. But anyways, 49er stuff, 49er stuff. Um, so recently Kyle Shanahan was asked, I believe it was yesterday. We're we're talking about this on a Wednesday. Maybe it was two days ago. Kyle Shanahan was kind of uh, asked about Jimmy Garofalo's kind of status with the organization, how Kyle Shanahan felt about him whether or not he could commit to him being the quarterback in 2021 and all this stuff. And Kyle Shanahan gave a very diplomatic answer, which I give him credit for. And one of the things Crocker and I have, have routinely talked about on this podcast is, and you guys, if you if you are a regular on Twitter, you already see it. There are people that really, really, really quickly, like, dig themselves their little battle hole for their opinion on, especially on Jimmy Garoppolo and they will defend it with all of their might. And it's just, <laughs> it's funny to watch unfold on Twitter. And it obviously Kyle Shanahan making a comment about Jimmy Garoppolo would, would lead you to believe that, you know, there would be a lot of d- opinions to fly from, fr- fly, from it. But he did a pretty good job of kind of hitting every point. I have a little summary here that I posted on Twitter where I kind of just sent briefly summarized everything he said. I just feel like we need to touch on it real quick and kind of give our quick, very, very brief thoughts. Cause this is the mailbag episode. I don't want to spend too long on this, but so I wrote a quick summary, literally bullet points of everything Kyle Shanahan said. The first one was he expects him to be the quarterback in 2021. Okay? And then, once he said that, I believe it was Matt Mayoko kind of got on the mic and was like, can you elaborate a little bit more about Jimmy Garoppolo and, and kind of pride him a little bit, which was good. Um, and, and Shanahan went on to say, you know, nothing is certain. You know, he has a responsibility to the quarterback position just like he does every other position. And if the team feels like they can get better um, at that position, then they will. Um, he, he went on to say, talk about how Garoppolo in the grand scheme of, of money is not expensive. He's like, as, as quarterback contract has evolved, he's kind of like middle of the road. Um, maybe like out, you know, he's outside the top 10 type of deal. He's, He's just saying that's how much good quarterbacks cost. Um, he talked about the fact that he was a proven winner, um, in very limited experience. He's, he's already gotten to the point where he's been to a Super Bowl. Um, but I mean, that was pretty much it. You know, the way I wrote it down is he expects him to be the quarterback in 21. Nothing is certain. He's not expensive. He's a proven winner, believes he'll still get better. The team will look into every option and if they can upgrade, they will. And, and then I kind of with a little bit of, I don't know, condescendingness, I guess you could say, I said, I replied to that saying, no matter what your opinion is of Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan said something for you today. So be happy. So, and and that's kind of just how I felt about it. Um, Crocker, what was your your little 30-second breakdown on, on Shanahan's comments?
2: Nah, just that he's, I think, very practical about this scenario. Um, if they can improve, he will. If they can improve on the quarterback position, he will. And if they can't, then they'll ride it out with Jimmy and they, they feel comfortable with his ability to win games. And that was just kind of how I, I took it. I, I, I will say the thing that I I kind of felt, from that, like, first and foremost, was that he, I feel like he will strongly look into all ways to improve the quarterback position.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I'm i right there with you in, in that. And I think that one thing I mentioned to, to Crocker before we started recording was there are so many quarterbacks. Not, okay, I won't say so many. There are some quarterbacks in this league that if you ask the head coach about moving on from that quarterback they would look at you funny and laugh, you know, because like, what the hell? Why would we do that? And that was not Kyle Shanahan's reaction. He didn't – he doesn't like feel that there's – that Jimmy Garoppolo is their answer and that there's no getting better from him, which is very, very reasonable and it's realistic. It means he's not blowing smoke up our ass. You know, he's not going to sit there and tell you that the 49ers don't believe they can get any better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I just feel like, realistically speaking – If the 49ers can't upgrade at quarterback, I feel like they will be perfectly fine rolling with Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, because there wouldn't be another option. But if they even get the slightest opportunity to upgrade, then they're going to look into it and they're going to pursue it. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, and they're not going to feel like they have no answer going into next season.
2: Right. And I I will say, I will add, there aren't a lot of ways to upgrade the position. The One thing that I did kind of take away from that is I think guys like Sam Darnold are off the table. Right. He was a name that was kind of floating around early, like, oh, maybe you trade for him. But that kind of led me to believe that it won't be somebody like him um, that moves Garoppolo or even somebody like signing like, uh, you know, Mitchell Trubisky. Right. I mean, he's going to be a free agent. Um, I I don't think it'd be something like that either. I, I think it would be it would have to be like a drastic move, like maybe a Matthew Stafford or a you know, Matt Ryan, or I'm just throwing his name out there because I think he's an upgrade, but not in the sense of, I think that that's something that's really an option. I, I don't know either Ryan or Stafford. I don't know, but I'm just saying it would have to be something like that, that kind of landed in his lap to be able to move off of Jimmy Garoppolo. That was just kind of my, and, and I don't think that those things are high. Like, I don't think those things have a high chance of happening. That's just kind of my opinion.
1: No, I I agree with that, and and he did say like he said, look, if we, he basically said in in, in his own words, is like, if we move on from a quarter from from Jimmy Garoppolo, or if we make a change at quarterback, we better be damn sure that it's an upgrade. Otherwise, you've you know you just with the the amount of impact a quarterback has on a team's success, you can't just mess around with that that position. Um, and and take huge risks is really kind of what I, what I took from him saying, he just basically said like, we're only going to do something if we feel like it is a, it is an upgrade and we know damn sure that it's going to make this football team better. Otherwise, you know, you're just playing with fire is kind of the way I, I took it. Um, so yeah, nothing, nothing crazy, nothing to get wrapped up over or in a twist over. If you see people, getting in a twist about Kyle Shanahan's comments on social media, then you just, like I said, they've just become too entrenched in their own their own opinions and, and can't even hear something else when it's said. So it was a really diplomatic response from Kyle Shanahan and one that kind of just basically leaves the door open for for both options, kind of like firmly. Like the door is Jimmy Garoppolo could be the 49ers quarterback next season, and it, unless anything significant changes, he will he will be. But you can bet the 49ers are going to be looking around to uh, to see what other options are out there. And some of that, we'll get into that in the mailbag a little bit. Let me see if there anything else I need, we need to talk about. Uh, the 49ers re- did re-sign Robbie Gould. They they had an, uh, a deadline coming up early January that they had to figure out what they were going to do with his contract. I think it was two years, seven point something million Um, not a whole lot of money. And and I think the way that that his current contract was written, that the 49ers actually cleared a little, a million or two of salary cap space in the move. So, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of comments on it. Crocker, you have any riveting comments on Robbie Gould remaining with the team for two more years?
2: (laughs) Nah, I mean, I think people might overreact because this signing is coming off the heels of him missing, you know, a few kicks in the Cardinals game. But... I mean, outside of that, he's been fine. I, I saw a couple, you know, rumblings about people just, hey, you know, he hasn't been good from 50 yards out. Like, all right. But for the most part, man, like, when, when Robbie Gold goes to kick, that is never, like, a feeling of, uh, hold on to your seats. Like, we'll, we'll see if he, this goes in. Like, I'll, I'm always confident that he'll go in. And just kind of having that sense of of confidence in him, I think that, you know, it's good that it's somebody that they locked in for the next couple of years. I'm, I'm definitely fine with that.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's money well spent. Even though even with money, you know, even though it's going to get tight, money's going to get tight in the off season. I just feel like the amount of security knowing you have a solid kicker gives you. We just we've seen it every year where there's like one or two teams that are just absolutely plagued by bad kicking. I think last year it was the Bears, and you know, it's like it's just to me, it's just one of those things that if you have a good kicker. And if it really only meant – if it means spending like a million or two more on your kicker versus diving into the pool of, of undraft or uh, unsigned kickers, it, it always just seems like smart money to me. Like unless for some reason that million or two is going to be the reason you can't keep like a Trent Williams, then of course. But it usually isn't. So uh, it's fine with me. One thing I wanted to touch on before we get into the mailbag is – oh, I think I clicked out of it. I got to go find it real quick. Jake Hutchison from KMBR – Super good dude. Um, he created a good tweet that outlined kind of like your who the 49ers fans, who 49ers fans should be rooting for this weekend. Obviously, you want the 49ers to beat the Seahawks on Sunday. Um, but but if the 49ers lose to Seattle, and i believe the seattle still has something to play for. they're still playing for seeding within the playoffs and i believe if the packers lose a, a couple of games or lose a game that you know they're 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 still playing for something. so seattle's still going to be bringing it. but if the 49ers lose to seattle, here's jake's tweet. here's how they can gain draft spots. if the chargers beat the chiefs, the chiefs have already said that they are sitting patrick mahomes and they might sit other players. So if the Chargers beat the Chiefs, the 49ers move up one spot. If the Broncos beat the Raiders, the 49ers move up one spot. If the Patriots beat the Jets, the 49ers move up one spot. If the Vikings beat the Lions, one spot. And if the Cowboys beat Giants and Washington beats Eagles, the 49ers move up one spot. So after this weekend, depending on how all of that, all of that unfolds, the 49ers could move from 15 to 10 which is a pretty big deal. But at least you can expect there to be a little bit of movement. Um I believe after beating the Cardinals last week the 49ers went from 13th to 15th somewhere in there, something like that. Um so there's a lot of movement can, that can happen and, and and that can obviously have a huge impact on the player you you take if you're standing pat or how much it costs to move up, you know, any team would love to stay inside the top 10, stuff like that, but um, so just int- I thought it was interesting. Is that interesting,
2: Crocker? It- no, nah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been kind of rooting for a high draft spot, and it just kind of makes it a little easier to maneuver and, you know, do things that you, you're more likely to, you know, move up and trade and things like that for a guy that they feel can possibly be the next guy at the position. And, and I do think that that might – I think it has a lot to do with how they approach this offseason. You know, if you're picking 15th, yeah, you can move up, but how many picks are you – really willing to give up, you know, that's something that they'll have to discuss. He, that that might make it to where it's like, you know what, we're not willing to give up all these assets and we'll kind of write it out, draft a quarterback mid-round, and, you know, hopefully Garoppolo stays healthy. Um, even then, you know, there's still a way to get the team better, obviously, you know, with the, uh, you know, a defensive back or, you know, whatever the case is. So, yeah, that's just kind of my takeaway from it.
1: Yeah, no, and, and one thing I did forget to mention, unrelated to the draft picks, um, right after the 49ers re-signed Robbie Gould to that new contract, he got put on the reserve COVID-19 list. Um, so the 49ers had to sign a, uh, I think his name's Tristan Viciano, Visiano? Viseno. Um, I believe he was on the Vikings practice squad or something like that um, because Robbie Gould's going to be on the reserve COVID-19 list and probably won't come off before the game. So, I mean, just a weird thing the you know it was kind of like how they they hand excuse me how they handled Josh Rosen Rosen where they had to they had to sign someone off somebody else's practice squad that was the only way they were going to get somebody in the building to uh, to be able to kick in replacement of Robbie Gould um so just want to make sure we got that in there but anyways yeah. i think that's good i mean we got some other things you know pe- people you shouldn't expect to see on sunday trent williams he's got an elbow sprain brandon ayuk um um, uh, he won't be playing. I think he had a high ankle sprain. Uh, I did tweet out his season though as a whole. Let me, let me go find my, my tweet here. I'm always finding, finding my own tweets. So yeah, his season ends with a high ankle sprain per Kyle Shanahan. His 2020 six cat 60 catches, six runs, 825 total yards, 12.5 yards per touch, seven total touchdowns. Pretty impressive, right? Croc? Yep. Yeah. I thought it was pretty legit. So he won't be playing on Sunday. Uh, javon Kinlaw is having some knee knee issues it doesn't sound like it's anything serious but it's bugging him so he won't play obviously debo samuel won't he had a pretty bad hamstring strain Um, jordan willis uh he's got an ankle uh, ankle injury he's not supposed to be playing pass rusher jordan willis and then richard sherman who might have uh, played his last game with the 49ers he's dealing with some calf issues so and it, it sounds like some of the comments richard sherman made on twitter you know responding to fans and stuff like that he doesn't he does not expect to be back, which I think is a very, um, which I think is is the most likely of the options. So, you know, nothing against the guy, but it's just they're in a cap crunch, and it doesn't quite seem like he's quite playing up to the level that he was even last season. So, it just seems like it's about that time. Yeah. All right, it's mailbag time. Let's get a let's get a couple questions in before we get a quick word in from our sponsors, and then we will finish it up when we come back. Um, the first question was a good one from Josh at Sharks Josh ninety five. Uh, what type of questions are you already tired of hearing us ask you? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't
2: know I mean, any type of way about. I mean, like you know, I. I like asking the questions because a lot of times there's things I probably want to discuss. I see on Twitter. Sometimes I respond, sometimes I don't. So I don't think there, I mean, obviously we hear a lot about the same things, the quarterback situation and stuff, but I never really get tired of, I don't think I get tired of talking about it. I think sometimes just when people are overly like one way or the other, that kind of annoys me, I guess. Like when really it's like, dude, we don't know what's going to happen. Like we don't, we don't know. And I do, I do kind of feel a certain way when people make it feel seem like, Garoppolo is worse than what he is. Like, he's not a bad quarterback. <laughs> and that's coming from somebody who's like, hey, we can improve, but he's not bad. But people make it seem like he's just terrible, and I don't think that's the case. So I get a little annoyed seeing that, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm with Crocker. Like, I don't really – you guys you guys don't really ask any annoying questions. You guys have been outstanding with the questions, and and there's been – especially as of late, I feel like some of the questions have just been outstanding. So I don't really get annoyed in any questions, but – Obviously you've 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 heard me talk about it, you know, like obviously I get annoyed when people act like a certain way about players playing games. You guys heard about that recently. But just yeah, people that are way too dramatic about anything 49ers. Like I understand it's part of being a fan is to just be passionate about it, but I just really don't have a whole lot of patience for people that like develop an opinion too quickly and they're just like too passionate about their own opinion. Like they'll just Reply to everybody and and argue with everybody about the way they feel when it doesn't really matter. It doesn't affect what the team does. And like Croc said, we have no idea what they're going to do. So just chill out and, like, you know, make conversation on Twitter. Don't, like, I don't know. People can't even have conversations anymore. It's crazy. All right. James at James56610160. If the Niners decide to keep Jimmy G, do you think they should still draft a quarterback in the first round? If not, what is their first priority? So we'll, we'll break that into two, Croc. What do you think? If the 49ers go with Jimmy G, do you still think they should target a quarterback in the first round?
2: Yes, because they clearly don't feel like he's. It, Shanahan has not set in stone that this is the quarterback moving forward. If he has any thoughts of upgrading over him, I don't think you do that with quarterbacks that you feel like, you know what, this is our guy. We're riding with him no matter what. I didn't get that sense from Kyle Shanahan. So, yeah, like, if you don't feel like he's that guy, I think you definitely look to get somebody that's more talented. And I think that they, they've done a bad job of that, right? Like, you know, we're, you get get a guy mid-rounds, like, that's not high in talent. You get a guy undrafted, that's not high-end talent. So get you the guy that you feel like can really – you know, kind of take your offense to the next level or this team. And it would be nice to get a guy like that on a rookie contract. So, yeah, if I'm the 49ers, I definitely, and I think that's a more ideal situation, being able to keep Garoppolo and get a young rookie that you don't have to play. And then Garoppolo misses times, like, like he has been in recent years the last few years. um, Then you have a guy who is like, all right, it's, it's your time and we're not looking back. So Definitely I would I would definitely like use all resources to try to um, get a guy in the in the first round.
1: So if if the 49ers stick with Jimmy Garoppolo and you're picking like let's say the 49ers land at like 11th. I'm just mm-hmm. picking a number in between 10 and 15. And um no, I forgot his name. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No. Who's your not not Wilson? The next one uh, you like. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Okay. 49ers are picking 11 and they kept Jimmy Garoppolo. They're sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo. but And Trey Lance is sitting there at 11. You're drafting him.
2: Right. Him or Fields. But yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I'm just I'm just throwing a name out there. I, I don't think, obviously, <laughs> neither Trevor Lawrence or or uh, I don't think Zach Wilson will, will be there. I'm just saying somebody that happens to be there, you didn't have to trade up for him. But you're like, damn, this guy's like right here. You know, do we do yeah. it? And I, I agree with you. I think I think you do that. Have, spark yourself a little quarterback controversy. And what if what if it it, it turns Jimmy not, not overall talent wise? But we saw when the Ford when the Packers drafted a new quarterback. And then all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers has one of his best seasons ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what if it did that to Jimmy G? And obviously, yeah, there's still a huge t- talent discrepancy there. But all of a sudden, Jimmy G just lights it up.
2: <laughs> I think if that happens, then he has good trade value. And at the end of the season, you're able to move on from him. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing so, bad about that. Yeah, it would just be would, funny to see.
2: That would just be my way of going about that. Whereas, like, you know, this is a win-win situation for us. We have our guy for the future. Okay, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo balled out. Great, we can move on from you now, and we can <laughs> get a high draft pick, and you know, get back. Maybe if we use some assets to move up for a quarterback, now we can kind of recruit some of that, and we have our young guy moving forward. So, yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. All right, we see we've, seen, we've um, seen that
2: we've seen that with uh with the with the Kansas City Chiefs. They traded up right. to get Mahomes. Alex Smith had one of his better years, one of his best years. Um, they went to the playoffs. They ended up losing. At the end of the year, they were able to trade him. And, right, that's how it happened, right? They ended up trading yeah. him after the season two Washington football It wasn't team. even that long after they traded for him from the 49ers. Actually, you know what? He actually played for Kansas City for a little while. I didn't realize it until I was watching his uh, documentary, but he actually played for like six years for Kansas City. It doesn't seem No, like it wasn't that long. I swear, dude. No I swear. way. I will not believe you. Look, Look it see. up. I'm telling you. I'm it does not no seem way. like that, I swear. I thought it was like three, two years or something. <laughs> I swear I did. Let me see. Kansas City Chiefs,
1: 2013. Yeah, 2013 to 2017. So that's, I mean, that's. 14, 14 15,
2: 16, 17. So five years.
1: Yeah, dude. Man, that's that's a trip. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in, in 2014, happen. they signed him to a four-year extension. Man, yeah. I don't. And then, then mean, they, they is...
2: traded him. Uh, you know, they drafted Mahomes and and then just traded him, and they were able to get a kind of a decent amount back from Washington. How, is that how it worked? I remember. Yeah, agreed uh, to trade
1: or... Smith to the Washington Redskins in exchange for quarterback Kendall Fuller and a third-round pick.
2: Okay. Yeah. So that's good. Like, if you were to say right now, like next year, like, okay, you have your quarterback of the future and you're able to get a cornerback who's a starting corner in the league and a third, a mid-round pick, I think that's a win.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I Man, I, you're, you're right, dude. I had no idea he was there that long. I felt like he was there for like two or three years.
2: Yeah, that's what it felt like. See, I, I'm telling you, I didn't know until until um, I was watching this documentary. I'm like, wait, What? Play five years for Kansas City. Win. (laughs) Right,
1: right. Um, Oh, and uh, James also threw another little question in there. If if it's not quarterback, what's your priority? Uh, If the board lines up, I'm going corner. You know, I also like O line or wide receiver. But there's a lot of positions that I would be perfectly fine with them going.
2: Yeah, I think they're at a good place right now. Especially depending on what they do, you know, via free agency, that they can go kind of best player available. Um, If it were me. I, I think I would go offensive line. I think that's what I would lean towards. But I definitely want a high-end cornerback, which I feel like the 49ers haven't had in a long time, right? I mean, when's the last time they drafted a corner first round? Maybe Mike Rumpf, Amad Plummer. So, I mean, those guys, we're talking about early 2000s, since the last time they've used a high pick. I think even after that, and this is off the top of my head, Shantae Spencer maybe was a second-round pick, I think, out of Pittsburgh. So, um, I mean, and that was like a long time ago. So yeah, man, um, they need to really put some like resources into that position and get some higher end talent. And if you're picking around 11, 12, 13, there should be a really good corner. Th- this is a good class and I haven't dug too deep into it, but I know there's talented guys I really like. So um, yeah. I- I'd assume five corners go first round. So that's kind of how I feel about this class. Maybe even the trade back, you know, a trade at back and, you know, grab a corner from there and maybe, you know, pick up some draft, draft uh, assets, so. We'll see how they do it, but yeah, cornerback. I probably would lean the offensive line, sure up that guard position, and maybe get somebody that can be eventually be a, a future uh, right tackle. But uh, yeah. yeah,
1: that's what I love about the draft, man. There's so many solutions that are like acceptable. There's so many different options that can work, you know. And it's it's talking about them and, and contemplating them is always fun for me. But all right, before we uh, before we hit the rest of our questions, let's get a. Uh, Let's get a quick word in from our sponsors and we'll be right back with the rest of your questions for our mailbag. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. You can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates. We'll see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offers valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions do apply. The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Online. don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's Bluewire. It's all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right. Let's keep rolling with this mailbag. Let's do it. Yeah. Jason Bucklin at Jason L Bucklin. What should we expect from Nick Bosa next year after the ACL injury? He's the guy I'm most excited about to see on the field again. Uh yeah. <laughs> Me too, man. Um I wouldn't ex- I mean, I don't it's tough to say. He tore his ACLs at the very beginning of the season. So he get he gets the entire season to rehab, an entire off season to rehab and should be able to slowly ease himself in during whatever the offseason program looks like. I wouldn't expect much of a drop-off from a guy like Nick Bosa solely because I feel like his greatest attribute coming out of the draft was his technicality, his, his refined technique, and the fact that he played like a veteran even though he was a rookie. And I don't feel like his ACL injury really is going to impact his ability to play with the technique. I would assume there would be a slight loss of explosiveness and maybe a little bit of a loss in power. But, I mean, that dude was so massive before the injury. Like, he already has an insane work ethic. Like, you have to see Nick Bosa in person because he looks like a a, a ridiculous G.I. Joe action figure. (laughs) Like his waist is like a 30 or a 32, but his shoulders are like two times the size of mine. His legs touch each other when he walks because they're so huge. Like he just looks like a ridiculous action figure. So just given his, his technique and his work ethic and his workout habits, I really feel like there probably won't be much of a drop off, but cause you got to understand too, that he's also a more experienced. So, you know, compared to what we saw as a rookie, I feel like it should be pretty close to that. What do you think, man?
2: Yeah, well, if anybody has dealt with injuries and kind of figured out how to, you know, work around them and come back to your normal self, it seems like it's him and his brother, right? And I think that's where he went. Didn't he fly out there to L.A. to stay with his brother while rehabbing? So, you know, some people are just kind of built different. And you never know, coming off of a, an ACL injury, having that surgery, if there's any... Sickness. And he
1: has torn his ACL before. He tore his right. ACL in high school. In high school,
2: yeah. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, he was fine going into his freshman year at Ohio State. Uh, we'll see how it all works out. But I'm I'm more optimistic just because I think there are just some guys that are kind of built different. He's one of them. I think it was Adrian Peterson that coming off of a torn ACL, he ran for like 2,000 yards. So he's different. There's just some people that are a little different and you are a little bit more optimistic with their work ethic. If it were, say, Debo Samuel, i probably have a little bit more, uh, like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go, right? But um, <laughs> Nick Bosa, we know, like, this dude, he's all about his football, taking care of his body, you know, being the best guy that he can be. He's been around his brother who's a professional. He understands what it takes. So I expect him to... I don't want to say come back and just be dominant Nick Bosa again, but I don't know if there's going to be much of a drop-off from what we've typically seen from him, but it it can. I mean, his explosiveness explosiveness can take a hit, but part of rehab is getting a lot of that back, right? I think sometimes we think like, oh, well, the guy isn't cleared yet, so, you know, he's not able to work out fully and stuff like that. That's not true. Like, rehab... Is really difficult depending on your injury, like in a sense of they challenge you uh physically to do a lot of different things. And he's gonna be, I bet, pushing the limits even with that, with his uh with his rehab and everything and making sure that he's getting back to normal. So I, I expect him to come back and be and be fine. I that wasn't something I was like, oh, see how he returns, you know. I think he's gonna be fine.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Let's keep rolling. Um, we've got Jeffrey Lyles. At Lyle's Movie Files. Okay, you guys have the keys to the Niners' kingdom, and you can work the roster any way you want, but you've got to keep Jimmy G. Bonus, you want to move on from Jimmy G, but Lawrence, Wilson, and Fields are gone. Who do you take? Okay, so let's start with that one. You're moving on from Jimmy G. Lawrence, Wilson, and Fields are gone. I know this answer is easy for you, Croc. Who are you taking?
2: Trey Lance. And, again, I know there's a lot of people that have like questions about Trey Lance, um, obviously I do too. I mean, he hasn't played a whole lot. Um, he did have one really good season. It's coming from a smaller school, but I am a firm believer in like just guys with ability. And I think he has ability. I trust Kyle Shanahan to put somebody like that with that type of talent in, you know, a, a more winnable, uh, situation. So, you know, especially if you have Jimmy Garoppolo, he's back and you can get him and he can just kind of learn the game can slow down from him. He can understand what Kyle, wants him to do and he doesn't have to force anything right away, uh, I think that would be an ideal situation for not just the 49ers, but Trey Lance as well.
1: And if and and yeah, I'm I'm with I'm right with Croc on the Trey Lance thing. If I'm moving on from Jimmy G, but those guys are gone, I'm taking see like there are parts of Trey Lance's game that I like more than Zach Wilson's. You know, there's there's a lot of I think he's got a bigger arm. He's a he's a bigger, more stout dude. They both like to run. But I feel like as a runner, I have a lot more confidence in Trey Lance than I do Zach Wilson. There's plenty of things that I like about Trey Lance. You just have much a, a much smaller sample size with Trey Lance, and Zach Wilson just seems to kind of have that freaky natural quarterback talent going with him. Um, so I'm not, I'm not. What, you go, go ahead, man. Uh,
2: well, so do you think is I mean uh, that a lot of people they talk about Trey Lance and his lack of experience, right? Oh, he's only played one year. And it seems like there are people that like uh, uh, Trask. And Trask, really, he's a one-year starter, right? Like, he took over a little bit last year. And again, like, yeah, he's doing it in the SEC, but took over a little bit last year when the actual starter got hurt. He never started up until, um, what's his name? Franks, Felipe Franks. He never started until Felipe Franks got hurt last year that was his first time actually starting. And not just starting in college, even in high school, Derrick King was his starting quarter where it started over him in high school. And he was able to even like get a scholarship just because somebody kind of like, you know, big, big, you know, guy can move well, throw the ball well. So they gave him a scholarship, Florida did. But this is a guy, when you talk about limited experience and people kind of use that with Trey Lance, the same could kind of be said for Trask. Now it's not, and Trask is playing extremely well this season. Mm -hmm but i'm just surprised that like that's not something that people throw out there or maybe they don't know maybe they don't know Tr- Trask never started in high school and didn't start until Fleiber Franks went down last season well i
1: mean yeah and I, I mean what's the what's the question do i think it's weird that that people ignore one and and not the other yes yeah i think it's weird i just i feel like it's it's an easy i mean cuz cause, cuz cause, because Kyle Trask started in 2019 and he started in 2020 and both seasons were actually pretty similar, you know, as far as productivity and kind of like the turnover ratio, he's gotten a little bit better in, in 2020. Um, you know, he went from a 66 to a 69 nice completion percentage. Uh, he went from 25 to 43 touchdowns. He did get quite a bit better from one season to the other, but it's not a huge body of work. You know, he only threw, you know, 14 pa- or completed 14 passes in 2018. But then you go to Trey Lance and his one season is like ridiculous. Like, like to me, I don't know, maybe it's because you and I are both kind of inherently positive, but in a, in a guy's first season as a starter, as a sophomore, he completes 67% of his passes for 28 touchdowns and zero interceptions. And like, that's what you get to start with. And he also rushed for 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns. And that was his first year as a sophomore. To me, I'm like, holy shit, give me that clay because I'm going to mold it into something even better. Right. You know what I mean? Like, for somebody to start out with that is, like, a little ridiculous.
2: Yeah. I'm right? not saying, like, oh, he's just going to be the savior or take over the 49ers day one. But in a situation where Jimmy Garoppolo is back, which I really expect, I think that would be an ideal situation for Trey Lance um, to, to fall into. And we always talk about situations for quarterbacks. I think Trevor Lance, like, yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, he's somebody who everybody loves, and he seems like they can't miss prospect. But he can go to Jacksonville, they probably fire their coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. We don't know who's going to take over. It can end up being another crappy situation, which we've seen more times than not from Jacksonville since Mark Brunel took, was uh, the starting quarterback. Like, you never know how things are going to work out. Next thing you know, Trevor Lawrence doesn't get the type of structure and environment that he needs to be successful, and he flames out. You know what I'm saying? Whereas um, Trey Lance, who maybe he doesn't need to say – I don't know. I, I You never know until these guys actually play in the NFL. But, hey, Trey Lance goes to the 49ers, has an opportunity to sit behind Garoppolo. Uh, oh, Garoppolo goes down midseason. Lance comes in. He has George Kittle, Debo, Iu. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan calling plays, uh, you know, uh, a good defense because everybody's healthy. And uh, all of a sudden, it's the perfect situation for a guy. And people probably use that against him. Like I remember they used it against Dak Prescott, right? Remember Dak Prescott? It was like, well, he's got Ezekiel Allen and all these receivers and a great offensive line. Well, it's like, cool. And that's why they were successful. They went 13 and three with him as a rookie. Really, 13 and two because he didn't really play. He only played one drive in the last game. So, yeah, that, you know. That stuff. I don't know. I, somebody even, or it was one of our guys from Sports Illustrated, like threw out there that oh he only threw nineteen passes a game. Like can't like basically I like, can't trust him because he only threw nineteen passes a game. Like who cares? What well, they, they ran a lot too. Like but to me it's all about the traits. Did anything about his traits say he couldn't throw the ball more? And I, I didn't see something like that. And then I looked at um, uh, uh, Cam Newton's stats. He only threw the ball twenty times a game when he was at Auburn. But then he goes to NFL and he like breaks the record for most passing yards in the season like as a rookie and has starting off, I mean, week one, week two, threw for almost 900 yards in two weeks as a rookie. like Week one and week two. So you kind of just never know. I think you just go with traits. And I'm not saying he's Cam Newton. He's definitely not that type of prospect. But you kind of just have to wait to see how these things play out. And I mean, look at the traits. What do the traits tell you?
1: Well, and and I know that I, I do agree that you know he's not Cam Newton at now but I do believe that his ceiling is like around that if not a little higher. Like I just feel like he could develop into that type of player. Um and obviously everybody has a different opinion of Cam Newton now that he's, you know, kind of in the later phases of his career in a crappy New England team but you know hopefully you don't forget what Cam Newton was doing there for a while. So yeah. um let's keep going. Let's let's keep moving. We've got uh, Jay Fever, CPOY. Oh, it's it's CPOY Jet. He changes, he said, Peep the name. Because remember, uh, I kind of made that comment about how he was he, you know, he was expecting uh, McKinnon to be the comeback yeah. player of the year. <laughs> well, he changed <laughs> it to Jay Fiva, so now he's got a Jason Verret. I like that, man. I like yeah. that. Um, what peep the name? What has been your guys' favorite play of the year? It wasn't a big play. But I got to go with are you catching the ball literally on the turf. That wingspan is ridiculous. Yeah, that was a pretty ridiculous play. Crocker, what was your favorite play of the season?
2: Well, I'm going to stay with the same person. And Ayuk, man, like, you know, we were kind of waiting for that kind of breakout moment from him. And obviously, like, you know, he did good week three, um, had a touchdown against the Giants. Um, on the end around, but it was still like, oh, you know, okay, we'll see how this works out. And then week four, they're playing the Eagles and he gets the a ball on the quick screen and he just makes a guy miss and he jumps over a guy and goes to the end zone. It's like holy shit. I like it. Like this this is this is good. <laughs> this is good. Um that was probably my like best moment because it was like man, this is your rookie investment everybody's been watching you know cd lamb and some of these other rookies play exceptionally well obviously uh i missed the first game and then they kind of worked him in this next two games but when he did that it was like yeah we have somebody that's just as talented as any other rookie in his class so that was really exciting to see and that was probably my favorite
1: player yeah and and i i think that that was probably what first came to mind and i think that's obviously a great answer um I think the and I, and I could probably one up myself here but the one that I loved um it was got to be one of the top plays of the season just happened um against the Cardinals and that is and this is this is you know also a little bit of shout out towards your new name um Jason Verrett going one on one with DeAndre Hopkins DeAndre Hopkins in the end zone jumping up and taking a ball that he had pretty much already caught playing the hands and knocking it away against one of, uh, or against a guy that you could make an argument is the best receiver in the NFL, and to me that is such a, a, an amazing play because of what Jason Brett has been through—multiple season-ending injuries. He had less injuries that, or he had more injuries than guys that have have called it a career. You know, they're like, dude, it's just it's too much. You know, and and he, but he kept fighting, he kept coming back, and he kept working at it. You know, even last year when he was going to get his opportunity, injuries sent that, derailed that too. But he kept at it, and the 49ers brought him back. And now he's out there doing his best lockdown impersonation. I mean, he, he, he originally was a lockdown guy, but he's out there locking down one of the best receivers in the NFL. And to me, that play right there, just running with DeAndre Hopkins down the sideline into the end zone and breaking up the pass is one of, if not my most favorite play of the year, just because of what I know that play means to him and just how impressive it was, period. But it's just like, I mean, that's a big deal for that guy. You know, I'll just leave it at that. That's a huge deal for him and what he's been through and where his career could still go. You know, that's, that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's what I'm choosing. All right, let's keep rolling. Marcelo Rodriguez at two Mars and back. With recent reports of Zach Wilson having minor character issues, i.e., being kind of Johnny Manziel without the drug alcohol issues, does that cause any hesitation in drafting him if he is your QB of the future? Love the pod, guys. Keep doing what you do. Appreciate you, Marco. Marcelo. Excuse me. I don't know why I said Marco. Uh, Marcelo. Um, I know. Not me. I don't. I mean, I've only really heard that from one person that kind of said he had character issues. And I believe a reading that he was kind of a brat and spoiled and whatever um and i no that would not keep me from drafting him because especially if if i'm in the building and i have to go through the draft process and i get to meet him and then however that works and, and you know obviously you can put on any face for a short period of time but no doesn't give me any pause what about you uh,
2: so you know i listen to i say all the time the the haberman and middle podcast and what haberman i mean uh Middlecoff is hearing is like, it's, it's not an entirely true, I mean, false statement uh, where there is, like, kind of something there with that. But also there's kind of contradictory, I don't want to say contradictory uh, reports, but there is, a, I think, a little bit just kind of of how he is a little bit. But his teammates do follow him, and he uh, they say he is a hard worker. So I think, like, if you are a little bit bratty and things like that, like, if you're kind of like that or whatever by nature because you grew up a certain way, I can live with that if that's not going to take away from how you work and if your teammates follow you. Now, if there was an issue with not only those things but his teammates don't like him, then that's a totally different story. But we did see um, him kind of get mugged against Coastal Carolina in the middle of the field, and his whole team ran out there onto the field. So that kind of shows you a little bit how they feel about him and – I felt like after that, he he fought, like, the whole second half. Like, it wasn't somebody that it looked like, oh, he tanked it because he got mugged um, after throwing an interception and he just, like, was out of it. He checked out of the game. To me, it kind of showed more of a resiliency and a toughness. So if he's a little bit of a an asshole a little bit and all that, like, whatever. As long as his teammates still love him, his teammates follow him, and he's a hard worker, and I I can live with the rest.
1: Yep. Yeah, and I I know, and and I think that that will become more fleshed out as the draft, you know, one, he still has to declare for the draft, and he's relatively young. That's not even a guarantee, although if someone's telling you that you might be like a top two pick, then you usually declare for the
2: draft. I'm out of here. Matt Matt Liner did it. Right? Matt Liner, I think he was going to be like the first overall pick, maybe to the 49ers if he had came out and he elected to stay. And now I want to say that was the year that uh, Alex Smith and A-Rod came out. Matt Liner possibly would have went first overall. And it seems like maybe that wouldn't have worked out either. <laughs> but
1: uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, there, there's a guy that who, and his draft style took a hit. If you remember, I mean, he went from a guy who was expected to go number one overall to going, falling out of the top 10, I believe. So it was a long yeah. time ago. I'm kind of going off, shooting off the hip right now, but oh, that's something too.
1: Good. Striking gold, man. Striking gold. We're all shooting off the hip. Um, yeah, I do expect kind of the the whole personality traits of Zach Wilson become a bit more clear as we go on. I just, I mean, if that's the only thing that ever comes out about Zach Wilson's personality, then no, I'm not. I'm not really hesitating to take him. Especially like Croc said, if you can you can watch the tape and see that his teammates are there for him, then then that's all you really need to know. All right. Um, Alan Chi at AGG. In your opinion, what would be the best course for drafting a quarterback in round one, trading up to possibly number two for Wilson fields as the day one starter or, or, and releasing and trading Jimmy or trade up a few spots to get a guy like Lance and sit him behind Jimmy for a year. All right, Crocs. So that, I mean, I think that's a pretty good question. You have two options. Let's just, let's just break it down to the two options. You're trading up to number two for Wilson and you're releasing Jimmy G or trading him or you are trading up just a little bit for Trey Lance and you're going to sit him behind Jimmy for a year, what would you do?
2: I'm a strong believer and you need to do like, if there is a guy that you really want and you love and you like, Hey, I would be willing to trade up for this guy, but like, then I'm going that route, you know, I don't want to lose Jimmy and have to just put, you know, everything into the hands of a rookie. Not saying that a rookie can do well in it, but, um, you know, that kind of just like, all right, we're all in here, which is fine, but you would like to not have to make that decision right away. But, yeah, I'm I'm moving up for a guy. I I don't want to settle, right? If you don't have a similar grade on the two guys, like if you have one guy rated much higher, then I think you go that route. Now, if you do have a similar grade on the two guys and there's not much of a difference, and you're like, you know what? Like like me last year, like I really like CeeDee Lamb. I really like Jerry Judy. But I right there nipping at the butt, I had uh, I had um Justin Jefferson. I would have been m- more willing to trade back and draft J- Richard uh Jefferson and draft Jefferson than I would trade up for Judy or Lamb. You see what I'm saying? So yep. if, if there is a guy and I have a similar great grade on him, and it's like, you know what, I'm I really like this guy, and I think he can be really good for me. Then I would, yeah, I, I, you know, then yeah, I I wouldn't trade all the way up to two.
1: Yeah, and I I agree one hundred percent with that. You know, if if your grade on Zach Wilson and Trey Lance is is similar, but you get the impression that you can get Trey Lance at let's say like what I don't even looking at the draft order. You think you can get Trey Lance at like eight, and you're at like thirteen, and. You know, instead of number two, if you are confident about that, then fine. But I'm kind of also right there with Croc and saying, like, whoever, if you have a guy that is clearly your guy, then just do what it takes to go get him so that you can just feel good about what you just did. And, like, you know, you can walk out of the draft room clapping your hands and saying, all right, let's go to work. You know, like, but just don't leave it up to chance. But if if for some reason they have a good – they have it on good authority that they could get, you know, Trey Lance a little bit later and they have similar grades – and, you know, they like him working with Jimmy for a year, then, then do that. But my thing is, whatever option you prefer, just pull the damn trigger and make sure it happens. Like, don't leave it up to chance. Uh, it's just, I just, you know, I don't like indecision. You know, even if it's a bad decision is worse than no decision. You know, like, if it doesn't work out fine, at least you went with whatever your gut said. Don't just sit there and then you, neither of them are there and then you're like, well, shit, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that, but obviously situations come into play, like whether or not a, a team is willing to trade back, they're asking for too much, whatever. So, right. All right. Tyler Withrow at Spokane Niner 25 Spokane, Washington. I'm a family there. It's a great place. Um, I've top five
2: times I'm in the football league.
1: Did you? I love Washington man. it is a beautiful place. Very, very beautiful place. um, Top 5 moves you would make this offseason if you were in charge. Oh man, that's tough. We can do a we can do a whole podcast on that.
2: Yeah, let's hold off on that cuz I'm pretty sure we will do plenty of talking about that throughout the offseason. Right.
1: But if, if just to give you a little bit of something I don't want to totally just kind of roll away from your question, but in terms of of the the first move I would make this offseason is making sure that you have locked up Trent mm-hmm. Williams. Um I'm you know, make sure you've locked up Trent Williams. And then you're looking at Jason Verrett and Kerry Hyder. you know, then you've still got, um, why am I drawing a blank on his name right now? Nickel Corner, Kwan Williams. You know, they mm-hmm. the, the first move, the first main move for me when it comes to the 49ers is figuring out who you need to keep in the building. And and doing that. Don't worry about whoever else is because 49ers have something good going. I think everybody still knows that. They've had to roll with crappy quarterbacks all year because Jimmy G got hurt. But the 49ers still have something great going in that building. So keep however many people you can keep. You know, give yourself your list of priorities and, and do what you gotta do to keep those guys because I feel like maintaining what they got is, is important.
2: If if I had to like single it down or single, if I had to narrow it down to five guys or five things I would do, one would be uh, keep Trent Williams, uh, 2 resign Jason Verrett, three, bring back Mosley. Um, and Mosley's going to be pretty
1: easy, if you don't know, just because he's a restricted free agent. Yeah. So the 49ers so will be able to keep him, him around pretty easily.
2: I, I won't even include him because that's fairly easy. But um, Kawan Williams, I definitely would make him a priority. Kerry Hyder. All right, so that's my fourth guy. Um Carry Hider and then and addressing the quarterback position for sure.
1: Yep. I think that's a good list. I think we're good. But hey, um Tyler Paint, you know, don't fret. We will we will be dedicating a, an entire, you know, I'm going I'm going to like that. I'm going to keep it in my my docket. Um and we're going to uh, we'll we'll dedicate an entire podcast. Well, me and Aaron will do me and Aaron, me and Eric will do some um some deep dives into uh, what's going to be available out there, and we'll come up with some cool shit. Uh, Niners season at Jay Frazier, nine zero three. I can see John Lynch having an aggressive but prudent offseason. I see us jumping in the draft to land our future quarterback and then keeping Jimmy G on a restructured contract for the season. I imagine we will take a similar approach that KT, KC took with Mahomes. Not really a question in there, but I agree with that. I'm, I'm not sure the 49ers will have – much leverage to restructuring jimmy's contract but maybe they do you know given the salary cap kind of tightening up maybe jimmy garoppolo feels like if the 49ers moved on he wouldn't be able to get as much money elsewhere so you know if they can say look we're you know we're drafting this guy and we want you to to be our starter next year and you know maybe they could do something with that i don't know it's tough to get guys to just voluntarily take less money so. Yeah,
2: and restructuring sometimes is moving money around, which would actually make it harder to get rid of them. In, in, you right, know, to, just... to move on. Yep, yep. All right, let's keep going. Well, right now they're uh, able to get rid of them with very little cap uh, like ramifications. So,
1: Right, so let's see. All right, we got A.A. Ron showing up at Bird Unit. Is it weird that we haven't heard directly from Jimmy during his injury? Seems oddly quiet. Crocker, what do you think?
2: nah i mean i don't think you i mean we haven't heard from bosa i don't i don't you know we didn't hear from Kittle until he was like ready to play again i don't right. think you really hear from injured guys
1: no yeah and i just don't i don't even think that the the team wants to open them up to questions that they don't even for sure know the answer to you're asking them to predict how his injury is gonna heal how he feels when is he gonna play these are all questions that you know, he might not know the answer to and that he doesn't have any control over. So, you know, it, it just, it just doesn't seem like a, a, a smart business, you know, just, just wait until the player is ready to play again. And then you can start talking to him. Um, Hamish Patel at Patel underscore Hamish um, 49ers top three offseason priorities should be QB by far Resign Trent, sign Verrett and K1. <laughs> what are the next three? I'm thinking backup QB been screwed two years now interior o-line and a young speed edge to take over for ford what do you think this is nitpicking our roster is nice um well yes i do i do think if if the 49ers have decided they're moving on from quarterback then yes that's the biggest priority by far yeah. Resigning trent vrett and K-1. we cross just mentioned that what are the next three okay he's thinking backup qb um i do i do feel like if the 49ers don't like don't like oh, – oh, shut up, Siri. No one's talking to you. Um, I do feel like if the 49ers don't pull the tr- trigger on a new quarterback, even if they really do, honestly, I feel like somewhere in the mid-rounds they should be looking at a quarterback that, you know, that – I don't know, maybe even higher than mid-rounds. I don't know, but they they got to get somebody in there that they feel at least semi-confident in because – and I feel like Kyle Shannon's going agree, to af- agree after what they've been through, you know, with, with quarterbacks. So we'll see. I do – yeah, backup quarterback's nice. Um, my priority is, wouldn't be a young speed edge rusher to take over for Ford. My, what I would do is even though it's still going to cost you a lot of dead money, I'm releasing D Ford and I'm taking that money and I'm giving it to carry Hyder. That's what I'm doing. Um,
2: I mean, when you, I when you, when you say you're taking that money, like how much, how much money are you talking Carry for Carry Heider. I mean, I really have, it's a tough, that's a tough thing to
1: guess because he's really, his one year with the 49ers has been awesome. He's just kind of been all over the map, but again, it, it kind of has to do with opportunity, man. I don't know. What do you give a, what do you give an emerging edge rusher? Do you have to give him like 10 million a year? Can you get him for less? Can you get him for like five to six?
2: Well, I think I don't he even... has his age. I mean, he's not young, right? No, he's not. He's not. He's so, actually been around the league for a while. Let's see. I'm looking at 29, 29. Right. And I mean, and probably let's see birthday in May. So he'll be 30 at the start of next year. Um, I, I don't think typically for those guys, they get like, unless they've been like doing this for their entire career, I'd assume he is not like a fat payday. I think it would be definitely something reasonable. So yeah, I'd be willing to kind of take that cap hit and use some money to, to pay higher. And, you know, and, um, you also would have Blair coming back as well. So, you know, that's well, he, he's, to I mean he's back. gonna
1: be a free agent. So yeah, the, I mean, the 49ers could bring him back though, and it probably yeah. wouldn't cost much.
2: So, you know, that's something where it's like, okay, let's bring back Hyder, let's bring back Blair, and I probably would be more I, I probably would go the route of drafting somebody in a later round. So so his his
1: his priorities that he outlined in the question were quarterback. And re-signing Trent and Varett and Kwan. So after who who would be? So let's say I pick Kerry Hyder. If you can't have Kyder Kerry Hyder, what would be your next move after that? Mm. Yeah, I gotta think about. How important do you think Kyle Usechek is?
2: I don't know. I mean, he seems like he's very important. We heard uh, uh, the Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll talking about how much he makes the offense go, and I I okay. I think he's important if you go into the season with him and then you lose him. I think if you go an entire offseason without him, you're able to just kind of change your your offense to where your fullback isn't as much of a priority. So clearly, that, I guess that's what Kyle wants to do. That's why he signed him in the first place. So from that standpoint, he's very important. But I do think if they had to go away from him and create, they, they he would be fine just using a different... Uh, way of going about it I mean think about it like this the Rams they run a very similar style offense but they stay in 11 personnel which is one back one tight end and they have three receivers on the field all the time but still it's a very similar offense you know so there's more than one way to kind of do it you just change things up and you know obviously depending on your uh, personnel but yeah I think it's important but I, I don't think they couldn't work around it at, you know
1: right yeah That'll be interesting. I think he's going to be pretty high up there on their priorities, but I just don't. I think if there was one person when it got tight that they had to sacrifice, it would probably be him. You know, if you compare that to like an edge rusher or a corner, like a bona fide, you know, must have position, then yeah, I could see, I could see Ushek being the first one that, to go, but we'll see. I think they're going to do everything they can to keep him. Um, aaron again. Do you think that after all the pre-draft festivities, Senior Bowl, Combine, Pro Day, etc., Zach Wilson may not be considered as high due to size and arm strength, especially if he's throwing next to Trey Lance? Just have a feeling that Lance may shine and stand out in those moments. So do you th- basically the question is, Croc, do you think Trey Lance narrows the gap between him and Zach Wilson?
2: yeah you know I mean he definitely can and you know if the ball is coming out of his hands you know nice and it's kind of it looks like a strong arm and you know obviously we know he's going to move well I'm pretty sure he's going to run well at the combine Um, there's a chance where he can close the gap but also you know there's a chance where it's like oh it looks a little weird coming out of his hand maybe he's a little inaccurate sometimes when you're throwing to these receivers at the combine they're not guys you're used to throwing to you don't really know their speed you're off a little bit and that can make you not look as good then you would have to you know, hope that your pro day goes, you know, totally different way. So, uh, well, we're, yeah, we're gonna have to see on that one. Is there? Do you think there's a chance that that you and
1: I are are much more optimistic about Trey Lance than everybody else, and that he could go like in the second round or third round?
2: Um, I mean, we just kind of saw it with Jordan Love, and I think because they're both like these light skinned black dudes that are kind of can move and they play that kind of, you know, smaller schools where Utah State is still D1, but it's not a power five. They kind of get lumped in together, and we did see Jordan Love go at the end of the first round. And then, obviously, it's not going as well for, you know, with him, with the Packers, where, you know, most games I don't even think he's suiting up. They have, like, a different backup. So a lot of people lump Trey Lance into that whole thing. I I, I don't know. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll, (laughs) we'll just have to see. Uh, they have had similar careers in the sense of um, Jordan Love, his junior year was really good. And in his senior year, he lost everything. So there is context there. He lost his officer coordinator, like his head coach. He lost everything. And his senior year was bad. Like it wasn't good statistically. Um, And then he goes to the Packers and obviously it's been what it's been, which nothing good coming out of uh, Wisconsin. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean – I, I guess there is a chance that something like that can happen, but you you, you usually get a feel for it as the right, right. as the draft say. process. But I remember thinking like I, I remember doing mocks and and uh, like doing doing ma- mocks on the uh, 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 the the mock draft machine on the draft network, and I actually had the 49ers draft Lance late. I mean not Lance uh, Fields, you. Oh, man, I got to bring that up because I received a lot of backlash. And I just remember it being like, hey, I'm not 100% sold on Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, it would be nice to have some, um, like, uh, another guy there. And I drafted him with the 49ers' second first-round draft pick. And a lot of 49ers hated that. I'm actually going to search that tweet up because I got a lot of hate for that. Drafted who? I drafted Jordan Love to the 49ers with with the 49ers' second uh, first-round pick, which was, you know, the 31st overall pick.
1: And people just thought it was the most ridiculous thing ever?
2: Oh, most ridiculous thing, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo off Super Bowl and everything. And I was just saying, I don't necessarily trust him. Like, you know, it was like, I like him, but there's some insurance there, Like, right? And clearly, I mean, obviously we don't know if he's good or not. He just hasn't played, but it looks like the 49ers could have used some insurance. Jimmy hasn't played very many games, and the back has been trashed. So I think I was more right than wrong with that one.
1: Right, right. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean I, I don't know. I I just I feel like I don't know. There's just there's just no wrong answer. Like I I don't know. That's what I mean though. Is people just get so wild about about things like that. And it's like, you mean, the 49ers get a, a good prospect to spend however much time he spends. Let's say Jimmy Garoppolo just continues to succeed and so you've got a nice quarterback that's just grooming behind him that you know when that moment comes along, and you know you're ne- you're inevitably going to move on from that quarterback eventually. I don't know. I just I just don't get worked that worked up over it. And if, if the 49ers kept Jimmy Garoppolo and Jimmy Garoppolo worked out and this quarterback sat for like two to three years, then, like,
2: who cares? Like, like that's a cool option. You know, we'll see. Yeah. It's just people so, get so wrapped up over it. So what I did was I found a tweet. I drafted C.D. Lamb at 13, which he was available, and then I drafted Jordan Love at 31. Sounds cool to me. Yeah.
1: But people just were pissed.
2: Oh, well, there's over 100 comments. So,
1: well, and then, and then also just to kind of, uh, you know, piggyback off that, is I posted that Draft Network article about the 49ers trading up for Zach Wilson to number two. And everybody was just like, and I get it. It was a lot. But I'm like, the 49ers gave up quite a bit. I I could try and pull it up right now if if we want to talk about it. I don't want to, I know you got, you got other obligations coming up. But, um, like, it was just like, the it was like, do people not think that doing that stuff like that costs money, like costs the things? Like, it was just like, it was a lot. So the trade was San Francisco jumped all the way up from like 14th to second, drafted Zach Wilson out of BYU. They traded the 2021 first, which doesn't matter because you're getting the second overall pick. So that, I hate even mentioning that part. The 49ers gave up the their second round pick this year. Their first round pick and second round pick and third round pick of, yeah, of the next next year's draft. So first, second, and third of next year's draft. And then a, a third in 2023. Now, one thing to consider is they're giving up a third in um, 2022, but they're also, if Robert Sala gets a head coach, which I expect him to, they're going to get one. Um, so they would still have a third round pick this year. So, I mean, it was a lot. But I was just like, man, do people not think that making a huge ass draft move like move like that for what you believe is a franchise quarterback, like do you not believe that costs things? Like, if if you're not like how I would just say, how else do you plan to get your quarterback? Do you just hope that he falls into your lap in free agency so you could pay him forty million dollars a year? Do you hope that the 49ers just have a horrible, horrible season and they're picking first, second, or third? You know, like those are really, really rare circumstances. So other than that, how do you expect to obtain this quarterback? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I guess you could hope that you draft somebody in the second or third round and just get lucky, you know, where they just end up panning out and they're great. But it's like, to me, the, the most sure way of getting the quarterback that you want is identifying him in the draft, figuring out and figuring out where you need to trade up to get him. And, and then that's it. So many other teams have done that. The Chiefs just did it for Patrick Mahomes. They jumped up like 15 spots. Different part of the draft board, but still in the first round. It's like you identify the guy you want to be your man, and you trade up and you get him. And you you have faith in your scouting process that it worked out, that it was great, that you have confidence in this player. And you don't give second thought to what you just gave up because you feel like the the dividends and the payoff of a franchise quarterback will far exceed the the draft picks that you gave up. And that's how you do it. You know, I guess you could just hope the 49ers are absolutely dog shit one year and they end up with an early pick or somebody lets somebody hit free agency like a Matthew Stafford, you know, paying him a shit ton of money or something. You know, like it just, it just seems like the surest way of assuring your quarterback is by trading up in the draft. Right. And that's it. You know, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to downplay – a huge trade and say that that couldn't come back to bite the 49ers in the ass, but that's just kind of how it's done. Right. Like, you know, you, you, do your you, you do your scouting, you know, you trust your process, you, you find your guy and then you go get him.
2: That's how I, that's how I see it. You know, obviously you want it to be reasonable, but I think when it comes to the quarterback position and kind of shoring that up for the long haul, I don't know if there's like quote unquote a unreasonable <laughs> scenario there, you know, with how that, you know, like, I mean, that's something that can really help your team. And with a 49ers team who have, they've drafted very well and gotten a lot of production out of guys later in the draft. So yeah, man. Whoa. Spencer Rattler just dropped a dime for a touchdown. I'm watching the floor. The
1: dime. Is it um, Oklahoma and Florida, right? Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. The last question and and it's fitting from Chris Wilson um, at CGA Wilson. He's over there running the, um, He works. He does stuff for Niner Noise, for Fan Sided, for Web Zone, inside the 49. He's all over the place, man. Um, His question is, is it possible to do an entire mailbag question and answer without answering any 49ers quarterback questions? Absolutely not. It's not possible. Nope. Nope. We've probably been, we've probably had some form of quarterback questions all season long. (laughs) So I don't think it's possible. That's a good way to end it
2: though on man. Croc, you got any, uh, you got any closing thoughts, man? Nah, man, Um, go Niners and lose, but yeah, go Niners.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Go Niners and lose, bitch, but um, so yeah, I mean, just like I said, depending on how this weekend plays out, um, if the 49ers lose to Seattle, which in the grand scheme of things would obviously be better, but Kyle Shanahan did make a good point in saying, if we beat Seattle on Sunday, we will be the only team in the NFC West with a winning division record, which is kind of cool which kind of goes to my point when I was saying earlier is the 49ers, they have a good squad. They've just had real shitty luck this year. So, you know, and ending the, ending the year beating the Cardinals and the Seahawks and getting a winning division record, it does mean something in the bigger picture. We'd probably like them to have a higher draft pick, but still, there's still something to play for in my opinion. Um, but I mean, that's it. That's our mailbag episode. I, f- I felt like it was a good one i felt like you guys did great with the questions again i appreciate it um thank you for everybody who's always leaving those que- questions um i don't don't feel like you guys ask too many questions or you're in too many episodes just keep if you got a question just keep asking it because we appreciate having you if you're not asking questions and you have a twitter and you're listening to this episode what the hell are you doing be a part of this get in here even if it's a ridiculous question that has nothing to do with the 49ers we will answer it because that's that's how we roll but, um, again, appreciate everybody listening right now. You guys are what make this, make this go, and we appreciate the fact that 2019 or 2020 went so well for this podcast. might not have gone well for the world as a whole or for the 49ers, but as far as this podcast went, it was pretty good, and we appreciate you guys for that. But yeah. for another episode, we will see you on Sunday after the 49ers played the Seahawks. But for today, this is striking gold.
2: And we are signing out. Kendrick Bourne needs one more catch. Throw him the down ball, Beathard.